Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. What's up, everybody? Good Wednesday night. Glad to be with you in the absolute dead middle of the summer. And I'll tell you what, I was listening to part of my take today, and they kind of nailed it. It's like, you know, you sit around and talk to your friends, and you know, I, I talk to you guys and say things like, well, there's nothing to talk about. There's no sports going on. And, well, there's Major League Baseball. That is a sport that is going on. But that is not what I'm going to talk uh, to you guys about tonight it's college football around here we've moved past baseball it's on the college football season uh just a few days away from sec media days Uh, i will be there which will be a lot of fun but we're talking swing games and then whatever is on your mind tonight of course my name is michael borky i'm glad that you guys are with me give me one second let me share this get this out there and then we will get started uh don't forget to subscribe while you're here if you haven't already uh, I promise these will go back to their more frequent schedule when uh, football actually gets closer. For now, it's going to be spotty like it has been, but a few times a week for sure on a more regimented basis when football actually comes. Just a few more weeks and things will get back to uh, normal. So anyway, if you hear uh, my little guy, he is not going to sleep like he should be. He's uh, just rattling off all the words he knows in his bed right now. So if you hear that, that's my co-host in the room next door. But anyway, glad uh, glad to see you guys. And uh, let's just dive right in. Let's not waste any time. Swing games. It's uh, it, always a thing that everybody talks about every offseason. And it, the, the definition is like floating. You know, it's a fluid Kind of definition, swing games. What do you define a swing game as? I've heard from Mississippi State fans that say things like the Egg Bowl is a swing game. Well, no, it's not. It's the last game of the season. That doesn't swing anything. Uh, to me, it's a game or games where if you told me the results of those games, I'd tell you what kind of season the team had. And back to Mississippi State fans, in fairness to them, if you told me what the result of the Egg Bowl was for them, I would tell you, how successful the season was for them. Because as you guys know, and what's such a fascinating dynamic about that game in particular is this year's for Mike Leach slash Mississippi State, that game feels, it's always important. It's always the most important one. That one feels even more magnified than it usually is because he is 0-2 in such games. And regardless of how everything shakes out, if you go 0-3, uh, to Ole Miss in your tenure after really struggling against Washington, people are going to start, you know, putting narratives together. And truthfully, I am a people that would do that because the you are what your record says that you are most importantly. But to me, the last game of the season, the rivalry game, isn't a swing game. It's one that I look at that's uh, usually more towards the middle of the season 
that uh, is generally a toss-up or a coin flip or a game that you can win but will not be necessarily a heavy favorite going into it. So that's kind of my criteria when I talk about spring games or spring games. Uh, swing games is that right there? So we'll do uh, both for uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Uh, for Mississippi State, uh, I, I've got a couple that I think are uh, extremely swingy games that I think they can win that they've against teams that they've struggled to beat lately or whatever the case may be, and in important spots on the schedule. Uh, Jason says State's swing game is Arizona. It's a game that they absolutely should win, but it has historical leech and MSU unexplainable losses written all over it. Well, Jason, I hate to tell you, if if Mississippi State goes to Tucson and loses, uh, a bowl game will be a struggle. But point stands and is a good one. Uh, I think it's the, the next week. It's either that or it's Arkansas at home. I think those are the two games that I would consider swing games they will either be a favorite or a small underdog uh truthfully uh, state fans aren't going to agree with this i I think that they will be uh a more than a touchdown underdog at kentucky guys kentucky's going to be really good um auburn's another one that you could choose as well at home i think they'll be inside a a favorite either a, a very very low dog or a favorite in that game um but like I think they'll be even at home a pretty significant underdog to Texas A&M, uh, Alabama, and Georgia. Memphis is a game they're going to win. I think Arizona is a game that um, they basically absolutely should win and, and have to, or else. So I'm kind of narrowing the list down. I think it's LSU. I think it's Arkansas. If you tell me, and you can throw Auburn in there too if you want, but if you give me the results of those two games, I tell you what kind of season Mississippi State will have. Uh, They're getting LSU at a pretty good time for the most part. They've got that funky – I hate where LSU is on state schedule just because of what they're doing the week before, Uh, you know, playing a 10 o'clock local time kickoff in Tucson uh, the week before when LSU was comfortably hosting Southern. Um, You know, not ideal. But LSU is is a team that I think is going to take a little while to figure themselves out. It is in Baton Rouge, but it's a game that I think is winnable for Mississippi State for sure. Um, why would I feel certain about State against Memphis? Well, that, that's a good question, actually. That's a, that's a really good question, Evan. Um, to put it a uh, long story short, if Mississippi State loses that game to Memphis, uh, similar to, to Arizona, then they're not having uh, a season that will end uh, with a bowl game. I mean, I think it's that if they're losing to this Memphis team, if they're losing to this Arizona team, then we need to have an entirely different conversation about them. But I think that they'll be a 14 to 17 point favorite in that game. I imagine they're going to have a little bit of almost revenge on their mind for whatever that's worth in that season opener. Uh, Memphis lost both their offensive and defensive coordinator and best player from that team a year ago. Um, I, I know historically they've struggled. I, I feel like this one's going to be different, though. I, I expect Mississippi State to, to win that game rather comfortably. If they don't, if they lose, then again, entirely different conversation uh, is to be had. But if you told me, for example, they uh, were to beat LSU and Arkansas, it's a Mississippi State team that's going to an access bowl. 
if they lose to LSU and Arkansas, it's a team that will fight and uh, and struggle to get to six and six. I think those two games, and again, you can throw Auburn in there if you want. the uh, The schedule volatility surrounding those two games, uh, I think, is enough to where I look at them as the uh, the swing games. You tell me if they win those games, I tell you what kind of season they have. You tell me if they lose those games, again, I mean it's. Those two, I think, are the difference between access bowl, whether it be Sugar or or maybe you go to the Cotton in Dallas or Peach in Atlanta, or if you lose both of those games, then you're fighting and clawing to get to the Liberty Bowl. If you split, maybe you'll uh, you'll play in Nashville. For Ole Miss, uh, I've got uh, Auburn. Also, Auburn's really been a thorn in Ole Miss's side. You've had. Auburn teams that haven't been good still finding ways to beat Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin is 0-2 against Auburn, and I think you guys would agree with me. Both of his teams that he had were better than the Auburn teams that he lost to, but yet Auburn found a way to beat them. Auburn has had Ole Miss's number uh, lately, and uh, so if they're losing that game again on top of having to to go to College Station, they still have to play Alabama – you know, if, they, if they're not able to beat Auburn, then the people that are predicting Ole Miss to be a, a nine-win team or so are going to be dead, dead wrong. And the other is Kentucky at home. I just told you guys I think Kentucky's going to be very good. They are. They return a bunch of guys. Now, their best player from here goes gone, but they have what some people think is a first-round caliber quarterback. I would like to see it because uh, I haven't seen first round yet. If you're telling me that last year's quarterback crop was bad and you've got Will Levis, a top 10 pick in this year's draft, then who's doing the evaluating there? Because you're wrong there. But it's Auburn and Kentucky. If Ole Miss finds a way to beat Kentucky at home, uh, then they are also uh, going to be contending for, if not playing for, an access bowl. So you tell me if they win both of those games, Ole Miss is going back to New Orleans uh, or possibly the Peach Bowl. If they lose both of those games, um, you know, they get Vanderbilt, which helps. They're guaranteed basically five wins, you know, maybe Nashville or or Memphis. And if they split, you guys know somewhere in between. Maybe they go to the Outback Bowl, whatever the hell it's called now. Uh, so those are my two for Ole Miss. It's Kentucky because it's a winnable game against a team that might be a slight favorite. Uh, against you in week five after you have four cakewalks uh, going into that one, or at least it feels like you've got four cakewalks going into that one. And then Auburn, because that's a team you should be better than. You do have them at home, yet they've been a huge thorn in your side, and that's a winnable football game that if you want to reach your goals, it's got to be Auburn. So for State, again, Arkansas and uh, LSU. And for Ole Miss, I have Kentucky and Auburn. Yeah, Jason, for real, I need to get a job. I'm only, I'm only doing. Hey, this time of year, I've slacked off a little bit. If we're being honest, I have slacked off a little bit because I need an off season. To Cherry Gorilla says, "Thank God Oxford's finally getting a Waffle House." Yeah, people are really excited about that. I guess, um, you know, good, good for Oxford. I, uh, I suppose. Joey says, "Have you seen Arkansas schedule? It's brutal." Yeah, man, Arkansas. Uh, kudos to Arkansas, though, for scheduling the, the way they did. I respect teams that that do it too hard like they have done. Um, 
Arizona is even worse. Arizona's first three games are at San Diego State, who won, if I remember correctly, 11 games last year. Then they host Mississippi State, and then they play North Dakota State, the best FCS team in America. Like, what the hell is Arizona thinking with that schedule? Arkansas is, uh, is not much better either. I mean, you got a, you got a good point here. So Arkansas opens with Cincinnati. Now, luckily for Arkansas, they're getting Cincinnati at a good time. No more Desmond Ritter. They lost um, uh, Sauce Gardner to the draft. A bunch of guys got drafted. This is a rebuilding year for Cincinnati, so they got lucky here. If it was last year, it'd be a different story. But still, Luke Fickle and that group is going to be tough. And then they go to freaking BYU. Like, uh, I mean, it, that's got upset written all over it. BYU was, what, 4-5-0 and against the Pac-12 last year. They have to go to Provo after they're in Starkville. So they go to Starkville and then go to Provo to play BYU. And then for good measure, although they're going to be down this year, uh, they're going to play Liberty. And uh, please forgive me for inserting a political opinion into this here program. Um, schools should really stop scheduling Liberty. Uh, Arkansas is going to write that school a what, million-dollar check or so for playing that game, and, and I think that that practice should stop with that particular institution. You don't have to play them. You don't have to give that place seven figures to play a football game. Find literally anybody else. But still, your point's a good one. Cincinnati, BYU, and, and Liberty for good measure in your non-conference is uh, it's, it's tough scheduling, no doubt. Jason says LSU scares him. I expect they will be scarily improved under Brian Kelly. Just on principle, it can't be any more dysfunctional than last year. You're right, and they and they've got the athletes too, man. That's the thing. It's I, I think it's they're going to go through some growing pains because um, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be, um, who's going to run the football. Are they going to be better up front on the offensive line? Uh, are things going to gel right away with the new coach and, and all that? So. Catching LSU early is really beneficial for whoever catches them early. But, you know, I, I like to say things about Brian Kelly's time at Notre Dame. I think, quite frankly, um, it, it's it's looked at more fondly than it should be. It's very good. Don't get me wrong. But it's looked at more fondly than it should be, in my opinion. But he's still a good football coach, and and because of the talent they're able to acquire there, um, they're they're going to be good in, in short order. Because when you're a good coach, combined with a collection of some of the best talent in America, thanks to the local children's hospital charities, you you get you get that, and it'll be good right away. Boy Scout Bob says, is it just me or does it feel like there are more 50-50 or 60-40 games on state schedule than there ever has been? That's a, that's a good point. I mean, I, I would consider LSU to be that. Um, you know what? A, a lot of people like in Atlanta next week are, are going to think this kind of statement's crazy, but um, until they prove it, um, I can't think otherwise. Uh, going to Starkville is a toss-up until you prove me otherwise. Same thing with their game against Ole Miss at home. You got to beat the Mississippi schools comfortably uh, before you start talking about national championships and all that. Um, Arkansas is that way. At Kentucky is going to be tough uh, in Lexington. Um, Auburn 
you know, I, I think they should be better than Auburn. But I, I said this today on the show, and, and I mean it. People are just putting W next to Auburn, and I think that's a mistake. I, I know it's dysfunctional. I know the school tried to ruin Brian Harson's life and his marriage, and they failed to do it. Kudos to the Harson family for somehow coming out on the other side of a complete character destruction and family destruction. However, it's not like Brian Harson is swimming as a guy that's never been a head coach before. Yes, last year was underwhelming for him. But it's an Auburn team that has a blue chip ratios. We learned today of 54%. There's only 14 teams in America that have more blue chips on their roster than Auburn. The schedule sets up pretty well for them, I think. Yeah, you know, it's going to be an experiment with quarterback, but to to pretend like Brian Harson is some bumbling moron on the sidelines that uh, can't put his shoes on correctly and that roster is filled with scrubs, I think that's a mistake. I think if you think that you can just put a, an easy W next to Auburn, and I'm talking to both Ole Miss and State fans here, if you just think, ah, oh, Auburn, yep, easy W, moving on, I think you're crazy. Are you better teams than them? I think you are. I think you will be. But th- there's talent there, man. The defensive line's going to be good. And again, it's not like Brian Harson's some bumbling moron on the sidelines. He ran a successful program at Boise State. He has shown you that he can be a good uh, head coach. So again, uh, people are just dismissing him, saying they're going to go four and eight. And I don't see that. I don't see that at all. I think there's a real chance that they're undefeated going into Athens. It's Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, Missouri, LSU all at home. They start their first 5 games are at home. But everybody's like, "Oh, well, they're going to lose to Penn State, are they? Penn State can't score." I would take Zach Calzada at quarterback over Sean Clifford. Auburn's got more talent and it's at home. I'm just saying, don't don't sleep on a team that that has beaten you recently. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I believe that Mississippi State has the Memphis game circled for sure. White Denzel says if they beat LSU and Arkansas, I see 10 and 2 and 9 and 3 for state. Yeah, that's an access bowl team. If they win those two games, uh, you are either going to New Orleans or Atlanta or Dallas. I mean, I guess Phoenix, I, you know, I don't know how it shakes out this year, actually. I haven't even looked. I don't know what it looks like. Let's see. the bowl schedule right here. Um, because I don't know. I don't know what access bowls are playoff games and which ones are not, so I'm going to make sure I just get this correct. Um, so it would either be, oh, wow, okay, so it would either be uh, the Sugar or Orange would be the first two choices, and then possibly the Cotton Bowl, depending on how things would shake out. So, yeah, if they do win those two games, it's – it's one of those three. Um, Evan says, would you say that Auburn finds a way? Man, I, which, by the way, that is still one of the crummiest things that I have seen a sports media entity do. I, I mean, um, plastering a shattered leg on the front page of a newspaper saying finding a way is uh, is pretty gross. It uh, it is sports media doesn't do a whole lot, um, like in that regard because of the content. It's hard to you know cross into that territory very often. Um, 
you know, protecting a program that used a children's hospital to um, funnel money to players and stuff, that's bad. But that was also bad, too. Jason says, for what it's worth, Arizona is going to be a completely different team. Coach ran off a bunch of someone guys and loaded up on transfers. It might not mean anything, but FYI. Boy Scout Bob says, the only for sure loss I see for State this year is Alabama, which is the obvious. Buddy, I admire your optimism, but Mississippi State has two guaranteed losses on the schedule, regardless of who Georgia plays the week before. And regardless of what happened in 2020, Mississippi State will not be beating Georgia. I, I, I again, I, I admire your optimism. I wish I, I had that. I am more cynical, and I don't like that about myself. Although I guess it makes for uh, decent enough um, business here. Anyway, point is, Mississippi State will not be beating Georgia this year. I will put my mortgage on it. You can have my car if, um, sorry about that. You can have my car if um, Mississippi State finds a way to beat Georgia. I will literally give you my car if that happens. Literally give you my car. Jason says, I wonder why people were ignoring Levis. He was really good even against Georgia for the limited time he had to operate. I, my, my thing, Jason, is I haven't seen better than the crop of quarterbacks last year. And everybody's like, oh, yep, top 10 pick. It's like, well, I haven't seen that yet. I've seen some talent. Um, Boy Scout Bob, what's the reason uh, I would not give money and play Liberty? Uh, the long list of scandals uh, that have permeated through that place uh, for quite some time. Um, For-profit religion is not something that I feel like I would support. But again, that's, that's probably not something I should say on a sports platform, but that's, that's how I feel. I I don't believe that uh, based on their long, long laundry list of things that they have done, the people that run that place and and financially benefit from that place, uh, I think they take advantage of really good people, uh, well-intended people, uh, for nefarious ways, or or in nefarious ways, and I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't schedule them for that reason, not because they are a religious institution, of course not. Uh, that that would be hypocritical considering what I believe. I think that particular one would be off limits for me if I were an AD. That's just me, though. This is just me. Um, you also say, I don't think LSU is a quarterback to win eight or nine games. Miles Brennan had great stats, but was one and two versus Vandy, Mississippi State, Missouri. In fairness, he was good in those games, but point stands. Are they going to get anything for stealing that cancer money? Well, they haven't had the the penalties haven't been handed down yet, and it seems like it appears that um, the NCAA's got a really strong case to punish them if they want to. I just, I don't know, man. I, it's thinking that um, I, I'm cynical. I don't think anything's going to happen to them, especially now in the NIL era. It's it's hard to punish people uh, for things that you're now uh, allowing to happen openly, but. I wouldn't hold my breath. I, I 
I could be wrong, but I wouldn't hold my breath. And yep, you've nailed this. Auburn is the same team that if Tank Bigsby runs out of or does not run out of bounds, they beat Alabama. Their quarterback is questionable, but they are more proven than LSU and, and Ole Miss quarterback room. All he has to do is stay in bounds, and they beat Alabama. They kept the Heisman Trophy winner and that offense completely and totally in check. I know things got weird and Derek Mason left and all that, but I'm just telling you, talent is there to give people problems. Talent is absolutely there to, uh, to give people problems. Jason says, I don't know if State's offensive line is good. The offense is gimmicky and streaky enough that it might beat a Georgia or Alabama while losing to Butt-Crack State. I'll take 10-2, and two, you say, beating Ole Miss at home in a major bowl. It's possible. Got to stay optimistic. Got to stay optimistic. Um, that's, that's the thing, Jason. It's the offensive line for State. It, it's it just I, – I, I can't – and it's just, I say the same thing about Ole Miss for different reasons, but I have Ole Miss fan friends that are like, yeah, they're going to win 10 games this year. And my response is they can on paper. On paper, the roster is talented enough to do that. But who's playing quarterback and is he going to be good? Like, yes, the running back room is super talented. Michael Trigg is super talented. I think they're going to be better at wide receiver than people are giving them credit for. The offensive line is back. They've portaled well. All those things are true, but you were a 10-win game last year with arguably the most important quarterback you've had not named Manning. Uh, So... In order to to get to that level again, you've got to get great production out of that quarterback. Well, who is that going to be? It's the same thing for for State. It's if you're telling me that oh, this is a nine one football team, they, they didn't protect well a year ago with a first round pick at left tackle, top ten pick at left tackle, and it's just. Oh, well, the other guys are back, so you know they're going to be better. But do I? I've got to see it first. I've got to see what they look like in protection without the top 10 picket left tackle because they were bad at it a year ago, and he was there, and he was an anchor, and he shut people down, and it was still not good. So I'm hesitant. You know, I'm optimistic about how these teams can be. I, I am. I, I do. I think Ole Miss can can be a 10-win football team. I think Mississippi State can be that too. Can and will are two different things. Um, I, I've just, I've got to see it first. I've got to see quarterback play from Ole Miss first. I've got to see offensive line play from State first before I'm like, yep, we're winning nine games. Hell yeah, they're going to go to Baton Rouge and win, and they're going to beat Arkansas, and they're going to beat Texas A&M, and their only losses are going to be Georgia and Alabama, and they're going to go to Ole Miss and win the Egg Bowl, even though Mike Leach hasn't done that yet, and everything else is just going to be perfect, and they're going to go to Kentucky and win. And Whoa. Tell me how they protect first. we got to see that. Um, and that's kind of a cop-out. I know it is. Uh, we'll have another month or so to talk about that. Boy Scott Bob says, I think MSU's defense will be sneaky good this year. I agree with that. One thing about Leach being at MSU is that he will always have a better defense than he has ever had on, unless he hires Peter Sermon. Yeah, as long as uh, 
Arnett is there. They're going to be good. That, that's a, a side of the ball that's really going to be underappreciated uh, in all of the the preseason, all conference teams, and, and all that stuff. Um, that there are going to be people that don't appreciate the talent that's there. It was a pretty good, more than pretty good at times, unit last year, and they returned basically everybody. That front could be quite good um, if if things work out right. Could be quite good. Um, that that's something that obviously, or not obviously, honestly, uh, that we probably haven't did, done a good enough sales job on in the radio show. I, I don't think we've talked about Mississippi State defensively enough because that is a uh, a unit that should be quite good, that I expect to be pretty damn good, honestly. And we're not really talking about them uh, enough. Evan says, of course, Kim Kate Den is good. Hashtag my quarterback. Evan, I got an email a while ago. Uh, I got an email. It, it's, been a, it's been a long while. It was during spring practice. I got an email from somebody. Um, I don't believe has any relationship with the young man. Uh, I think that this person's just infatuated with uh, with JPS football or whatever. But we spent the spring talking about, you know, the pros and cons and what we saw in the spring game from Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer and which one looked better and, and all that stuff. And, of course, we've had that conversation and got a, an email from somebody that was very displeased that we are counting out what is, if I remember the quote correctly, Clearly the most talented quarterback on Ole Miss's roster. And, oh gosh, what did he say? He Essentially, he blamed us for um, him not getting a better shot, like said it was our fault, which I appreciate somebody thinking that we have that kind of pull, because we don't. Um, but yeah, this this person was very upset that we were not, again, not, uh, giving a shot to the most talented quarterback on that roster. Um, true story. Very, uh, very true story. No disrespect to the kid. He looks like he's got some ability. I mean, it's not like he's some scrub. Um, he's got some ability, for sure. Um, the other two guys are more talented, and I think that's that's pretty evident. The, the thing with these two quarterbacks is I think you saw it, right? And if you listen to Lane Kiffin and, and you believe what he said – it's and it was clear to to my untrained eyes that Jackson Dart's ceiling is higher than that of Luke Altmyer's, but I think his floor is also lower if he can't protect the football. So, uh, given uh, give and take, Boy Scott Bob, I wish I could give you a better answer than, than the one. I, I don't know uh, honestly about either one really. I, I know both schools are are hoping that you know, privately hoping that a couple of players that they've got signed are uh, not going to get picked early in the draft. But as far as like, you know, I think this guy's going to go here or this guy's going to, I I don't know. I'm sorry. I I wish I could give you a better answer, but I would rather uh, be honest with you than, than BS you. I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Um, I'll be able to talk about it with you after it happens though. If if that if that's worth anything to you, I'll be able to talk with you about it after the fact. But yeah, Evan, I I could go back and find it if you want it, and we can figure out whose dealer is. But um, one's more talented than the other. 
one protects the football better. If the more talented one can't protect the football, the less talented one that protects the football will play. I think it's that simple. But Yeah, it was good to see some state fans in here tonight. Smaller crowd, that's okay. It's July 13th. I expected that. I uh, said, peace, brothers. Keep the faith. Got to get it to a show tonight. Got to run. Ciao, man. You better hurry up. Uh, gra- ugh, great to see you. Uh, play well or break a leg or whatever they uh, they say to to musicians before before uh, you, you go on. But appreciate you, man. Have uh, have fun. That'll be it for me tonight. Uh, Joey says I was told Ole Miss had seventeen four stars on the team last year. This year is about thirty four. Um, Boy Scout Bob says, "What is your stance on Arch being a three star if his name was different?" Uh, the guy that said that. So, the guy that said that used to work at Rivals no longer does. And sometimes, independent media is awesome. Uh, There are great people, smart people that do independent media. I'm not saying because you don't have a website in your bio anymore, does that make you stupid or, or incapable or whatever? No, I'm not saying that. Independent media is awesome. Like the guys at the next round in Birmingham are phenomenal and they're making a lot of money and, and it's awesome business model. Uh, controlling everything about your product is really cool. I'm not saying that. But sometimes when people do jump to the independent game, whether it's because they uh, left on their own or left under other circumstances, sometimes people say things to get noticed early on in their independent media career. I think that's one of those things. I wouldn't be surprised if he got some kind of a bump because his last name was Manning. But when your only reason for that is competition level, um, then, then that's bogus. Oh, he plays bad competition. Well, that's where Eli and, and Peyton played. That's where Odell Beckham played. You think that Arch is the only quarterback that played private school competition and ended up being highly rated. Now the the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. If his last name was Smith instead of Manning, he's probably not the number one quarterback and number one player in the country, but he still would have um, significant accolades. I mean, look, man, uh, there's a reason that um, Saban and Sarkeesian and smart went after this kid. You know, I mean, they, they don't they don't care about last name legacy. That's nothing to Georgia football or Alabama or Texas football. It's especially with the NIL money that it was going to cost them. Uh, they wouldn't have done that if he couldn't play. So I feel like that was kind of uh, sour grapes. So anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. I got to go. I've got to get some uh, some other work done. Um Tonight, well, I don't have to. I'm just, I'm going to. I'm choosing to get other work done tonight. Um, So I'm going to go knock that out. I'll see you guys from Media Days. I don't know if I'll do one of these every day, but at least a couple. I'll also uh, start uploading press conferences. So on this channel, it's not just going to be live chats anymore. Like I'll put Kiffin and Leach's pressers on here uh, moving forward, that kind of stuff also. so you'll you'll hear and see all that next week for sure. I don't know about lives, but there will be a lot of content on this channel from me and, of course, for the radio show, you know, what pays the bills uh, next week. So I'll see you guys from Atlanta. Y'all have a good night. 
Talk to you. I'll definitely talk to you Monday night for sure. Um, I'll see you there. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.